Hey everybody, it's officially draft season, and we here at Upside Swings couldn't do what we do without Global Shop Solutions ERP software. Simplify your manufacturing by scheduling a demo at globalshopsolutions.com. Thanks again for listening. Hello everybody, and welcome back to the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast, the podcast of the highest ceiling. I'm your host, Bryce Hendricks, joined us by the great Stone Hansen, and the heralded return of the great Cooper Klein. I honestly have no idea if you guys are going to listen to this before the first 30 for 30 pod we did back with him, but either way, I don't really care. He's back. Um, we had to do two pods without him, and it felt really weird. And Stone and I definitely, there was definitely moments of like weird, awkward silences that I tried to edit around, but where we just kind of stared at each other. And we're like, there should be someone else here talking, but it's good to have him back. And we're here. This is probably going to be, I, I, I don't say this to sound cynical, but this is probably the last podcast I'm like really excited to do of the year, other than our big mock draft, which is going to be a blast. Um, other than that, this is the last podcast I'm like hyped for because after this, we're kind of just doing some cleanup work on guys who we don't really think are that good, but we just want to make sure we know they're not that good, uh, before we, um, you know, before we rank them and all that. Uh, but this is a fun one. We're doing five guys who all of whom I thought had a chance to be in my first round before this deep dive. I won't spoil who's where we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. But I'm excited to do it. But before we dive into it, Coopstone, my friends, how you guys doing? Doing good. Um, just keeping on, keeping on with all this draft stuff. Uh, I am excited to talk about these guys. I'm also excited for our next pod. Um, which spoiler alert will be international part three. Um, I'm pretty. That's not true. Our next one. pod's bigs. Okay, well, it's coming out <laughs> eventually. I'm excited for that one. Uh, I'm excited for the bigs ones too because I get to talk about Pediaco, but. Um, I think this will be a good pod. I need to talk through some of these guys. Um, and I'm looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm glad to be back. And I'm glad that this is the pod that I get to come back to. Um, I specifically said, you guys can do all the, the shitty players while I'm gone, but uh, save the good ones for while I'm here. So uh, I'm excited to talk about you know, some of my darlings, some of, uh, you know, Bryce's, you know, that all of these guys are, are, are darlings to us in, in different ways. And I'm very, very excited to talk through them and to completely destroy stone for his bad opinions. Yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be an argument in the pod tonight. Um, uh, maybe that's harsh, but let's dive into it. Let's talk about someone who I've been excited to talk about for a while. Um, I finally get to make Coop and Stone watch and talk about a WSU guy. That's Muhammad Gay. Um, Gay is 20 years old. He's at a November 9th, 2002 birthday. Um, so he'll turn 21 oh, like a month into his into his um, rookie season. So he's not like super young by any means. Um, did measure at the combine, came in at 6'10 with a 7'2 wingspan. Um, he played at prolific prep in high school. Notably, I believe he says he's only played basketball for three years, like organized basketball for three years. He's from Senegal to car Senegal, um, took a pretty big jump from his freshman to sophomore year. Uh, you know, played 11 more minutes per game, uh, scored seven more points, averaged 14.3 points per game on 48.8, 27.5, 67.4 shooting splits, grabbed 8.4 rebounds, 1.9 assists, 0.8 steals, 0.8 blocks, 2.3 turnovers. Um, his, I will say like, when I tell you that he's like a 6'10", like forward center type, some of those numbers look worrying, and, and they are for different reasons, but it's notable that he was WSU's five 
but his shot diet was definitely more that of a wing. It's a lot of self-created looks, pull-up jumpers, um, off the dribble shots. Like he was not just like the roll man and pick and roll, just miffing layups. And that's why he only shot 48.8% from the field. Like there there is at least a little more context there, but that 53.2% true shooting is not great for a wing or anyone. Um, but did have a 12.8% offensive rebound rate, uh, 14% assist rate to 14.8% turnover rate, 1.6 steal, 2.7 block, had a 26.2% usage, um, had 40 dunks on the year. Uh, that's pretty good, again, especially considering not a ton of them were on the roll or anything. It was a lot of, um, you know, not self-created dunks necessarily, but not like just straight like catch a lob dunks either. Uh, had super low three-point rate and, and did not shoot well on them. But I will say a notable thing is, that he, like, at the very least, his free throw percentage did improve. As a freshman, he shot 49.3%, and as a sophomore, he shot 67.4%. So there's some positive momentum there. We'll talk about the mechanics uh, in a little bit. Shot 34.9% on 149 long twos. So took a lot of long twos, shot okay on them. You would not call that a great number. Um did shoot 64.1% on 192 close twos. That's a much better number. Not elite for someone his size, but considering how many of those were self-created, not bad at all. The place I want to start is the defense. We're going to start with that with all these guys. I don't know if it's the sell necessarily with Gay the same way it is with some of these other guys, but I still want to start there. Coop, let's start by defining him a little bit positionally. What do you think his defensive position is at the next level? I mean, I think he's like a four. I I think I mean he's not like he has solid instincts around the rim, but I don't think that he's like solidly a five, right? Who's can just be thrown down there? Uh, I think he's big enough, and maybe if he packs on the muscle, he's got the athleticism to maybe do it. But the big sell with him is just that he is a pretty solid like ground coverage guy. Um, you know, he can really cover ground. He's really quick off the ground. He's Got great length, great great athleticism, uh, great speed. Uh, you know he can. I think he can stick with perimeter fours uh, as well as like guard ones who can get more into the paint, uh, like more big, big man level guys. And uh, I, I think defensively he's just a four. I, I think the versatility of the position nowadays kind of means that that'll be his designation at the next level. Yeah, for me, I would say he is a I, I honestly think he probably profiles best as a switch five on backup units. He's not good enough on switches to be like uh, I mean, obviously this is a high-end copyright one, but like he's not like Bam out of bio, right? Where he can switch everything and do that effectively defensively. But it's like a change of pace big on backup units, he could do that. Your hope would be that he can develop enough as a, a, an offensive player to play the four, and then you could have just a big four who uh, can do some low man stuff and, and be a solid perimeter defender. We'll talk about the defensive specifics in a second stone. I'll ask you the same question. And then also, if you want to expand on his defense as a whole, what'd you think of him as an on ball defender specifically? Yeah, uh, I would agree with Cooper. I think he's more of a four and we'll get to the offense in a little bit, but I think, I would define him as a four defensively in a five, ideally offensively, which makes him kind of a tough fit for some teams. But um, I, I think that he is 
really good at utilizing his athleticism, and that's what allots him to be more on the perimeter than a lot of other centers might be able to, uh, to be able to hang in that way. I think that uh, he moves well laterally for his size. Uh, it's not exceptional. It's not elite, but I think for his size, it's pretty pretty good. Um, I think that he uh, has a great second jump, um, which comes into play a lot for the rebounding. But I think ultimately, um, also for when guys move in closer to him, uh, if he wants to, you know, really contest a shot from the mid range or something uh, or a three and um they end up being a pump fake or something it allows him to be a fairly good recovery defender because of how quickly he can get back onto the ground and load back up um i think that he utilizes his wingspan really well sucks up space very good um i think there's some like the the fact that you said he's you know picked up basketball fairly recently comes into play more so offensively but also a little bit defensively where i think um there's some technical deficiencies in terms of like footwork in some uh, regard um, more so further out, I think, but even in the post, I think um, some of the footwork can be a little more uh, decisive and quick. Uh, I think that he's not like uncoordinated or anything. I think it's more so just uh, being faster with him with his feet. Um, I, I, I think he, is best not as the primary rim protector because I don't think he's super great at like that multiple player tracking that we've talked about. Um, I think allowing him to be uh, more focused on his guy, like off ball or even on ball um, allows him to mitigate some of that deficiency. And I think that he uh, profiles best in that, for uh, as maybe like a help side rim protector because of the verticality and length that he has, but also um, being able to hang with guys that are a bit bigger on the perimeter. Yeah, I think for me, where I'm at with a lot of his defensive stuff is his footwork is really bad, um, but there's some stuff there. Like I think he's fairly laterally quick. His hips are okay. Um, I do like his stride length. I like his ability to actually sit in the stance. Um, something that really bothers me about his defense overall is that I kind of think the motor's bad. Um, part WSU's defense was not particularly good this year. It wasn't awful, but it was not good. Um, and he was a big reason why. Um, and, and a lot of it was that they decided to hard hedge him, which they do not always hard hedge. They kind of like to high catch, um, instead, like last year, they did that with a boogity. They would high catch him. Um, they didn't do that this year and said they were hard hedging and his recovery out of hard hedges was pretty rough a lot of times there's you know probably four to five times a game where he hard hedges the guy picks up the ball he turns his back to go to his man and the pass is just wide open there like he doesn't get back in time you have to know when you're the hedge guy if your guy is tagging the low man and then once the guy picks up his dribble you have to dead sprint back to your guy because if if it's a shooter in the corner that the low man is tagging off of and there's a pump fake there. He has to sprint out to him. He has to be worried about him. That's your guy again in the middle. And there are too many times, especially I watched like the Oregon game uh, the, in the Pac-12 uh, tournament. And Will Richardson got him like a few times on like, oh, he'd head fake like he's going to throw to the corner. Well, that means they don't have to run that hard, right? And 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 Folly Dante was just right there in the paint. And that type of stuff bothers me quite a bit. Uh, and, and 
I'm not someone who always likes to harp on a guy's motor, um, but I, I thought it was notable throughout his game because he's clearly athletic enough. Like when he puts his head down to run, he is super fast. Um, I think he's fairly explosive, super quick leaper. Um, he is just, I think the motor's low and he's also just lost out there a lot. And I think some people are going to point to he's new to basketball and I have some respect for that. And I think there is sort of that like late learning curve that can happen, late bloomer stuff, all that. But also I do think that at a certain point, like you have to be able to make certain reads defensively and he's just not particularly good at them right now. I think he's pretty rough as the low man. Uh, I think that's a big reason why his shot blocking numbers are disappointing. It's just because he's out of position all the time. Um, He's not in the right spot to cover up a drive. He commits too early to try and block and that leaves an offensive rebound open. He doesn't trust his length to be able to reach and get back. Um, He's just kind of a bit all over the place, I would say. And there's some tools there, but I'm with you. So like, I definitely don't buy him. Like he can't drop. He can't do any of that type of stuff. He can't be your primary rim protector. The hope is that with the physical tools, he can develop into a secondary rim protector. But we'll talk about it more in a second, but I'm not all the way there. Coop, where are you kind of at with his defensive aptitude in general? I mean, I think there's when he's within like really tight spaces and he's not playing super crafty guys, like just allowing the tools to flash. Uh, he looks at his best. Uh, like you're talking about, I think he is just too jumpy a lot of the time, uh, like pretty easily put out of position. Uh, I really like his ability, even when he is kind of like put out of a play. He's just so athletic that he's just so great in recovery. Like he's able to come from behind, uh, really still able to bother ball handlers, bother bigs, get blocks, uh, you know, just be a nuisance. And I think his reaction time is pretty good. I think just, I, I don't think that he fully sees the floor and like everything that's happening and like processes it. Right. I, I think like when it's super instinctual, like just around the rim stuff and he doesn't have to like move around and like read exactly what's going on. It looks great. Uh, and he can just trust his instincts. But as soon as he has to like make a read and, and do all that, it's a little bit more suspect. And, and I think that a lot of his issues are just things that come with time, right. That come with reps. And I think that's a really key part of, of my evaluation with gay. Yeah. And, and I think there's definitely some, some intrigue there with like some potential low man stuff. I, I, he is such a quick leaper and he didn't get to show it off a ton because again, WCU did not have a point guard for him to like run as the role man and catch lobs. Um, he, did not get to be that primary rim protector partially because he couldn't do it, but also partially because they were hard hedging. That was kind of their scheme. Um, but he is so quick off the ground. Um, and he can also jump off one. Like he's a versatile leaper too. I think his chase down, like his recovery defense is really good because once he does kind of turn on the jets, he's fast and he can kind of stick on someone's hip and his ability to jump, like I said, off one or two and, and block shots and recovery is really, really, really impressive to me. Um, I'm just like, there is a chance the defense is just an abject negative, And that's kind of worry for me. Like as much like disparate positives as there are, there's a chance it never all coalesces because the field is so far behind. And, and, and the, I, I don't think the instincts are great. The rotations are late. And I do have that worry about the motor, but what I will say is that if it does come together, I think you're talking about someone who could be a really interesting for like defensively, he can do some switching. He can maybe potentially be like, 
a lockdown guy on certain certain types of players. Like, I'm kind of surprised he didn't get the Coop. You mentioned, I think it was just in a tweet, like, you know, and obviously Bobby Clintman has since withdrawn from the draft. We're like, are these guys just getting love because they're like the archetype that could guard Wemby? A part of me wonders, like, is Gay that archetype too? Like, is he the type of guy who could be drafted to quote unquote guard Wemby? Um, just because like he can move, he's long. I like I would trust him on like certain fours in the league, like maybe like a cat if things hit. Now maybe they don't, but I, I don't. Stone, where are you at with like his overall? Like, what do you think his defensive upside is, and and where do you feel like he'll end up in the league defensively? Yeah, I think it's probably roster dependent to some degree. I think if a team is really lacking a five, he'll um, in the worst case scenario be pigeonholed into that sort of role. Um, and I don't think that's his best position, as we've already discussed. Um, I think he profiles as like just a, a switchy four um, who hopefully can get better in one of two areas, which is over time become someone that can play like some minutes at the five and, and, and not get obliterated as like a, a primary rim protector because the awareness is not that good uh, or is able to be um, – even more switchy than he currently is and uh you know someone that you can feel comfortable being on the perimeter like full time um and being that that help for and i think that's where the upside with him lies as a defender and what people um would be drafting him for probably is is that one of those two things develops uh to a significant enough degree that he can fill that role um and has the uh, you know, ability to to play decent minutes because of that. I really think that there's a lot of like, like you said, there are there are a lot of question marks, but I think the tools are legitimately special. I think the pluses are like, maybe not like potentially game changing, but like, if you can bring together these disparate elements, then I think that's a starting level NBA player, um, and. I think a lot of the issues are solidly fixable and the combination of those three things makes me hopeful. Like in a, in a, you know, I like the wrong team could very easily fuck him up. And that is like, obviously worrying for like, Oh, where should I put him on my board or whatever. But for me, if the right team gets him, and, you know, they really spend time and I, I think the issues are, are fixable and, and they're worth fixing. And uh, I think he could be a really versatile big man who can, you know, play a lot of minutes for a really good team. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's talk about his offense because I still think there's something um, there. It's again, all disparate. And, and in general, like the first things that stand out to me are the, the true shooting is rough. The assist to turnover is kind of rough too. The free throw rate is not good for a big. But yet when you watch him, there's just kind of something there, right? Like, am I am I crazy? Like, Stone, I'll just throw this to you. Am I crazy? Like, or, or do you feel like there's a little bit of funk, a little bit of something to latch onto with the offense? This is where I've come across more negative, I think, with Gay. I think he's like a full-time five offensively. I, I, I There's elements that, there's there's flashes of things, but nothing I solidly buy as being formidable at an NBA level. Um, 
I think he could be a really good role man um, who I, I think, I mean, with the leaping ability is like an awesome lob threat. And I actually disagree with the leaping ability that we didn't get to see it much because I think if you really focus in on the rebounding, it shines and he like he's got potential to be a really awesome rebounder, I think. Um, and I think that's the extent of his offense, right? Where it's lob ability and, and cleanup type stuff. Um, they tried to use him in a role that was more experimental, I think, at WSU this year. And to me, it just did not pan out, ideally. Um, I think he sees cutters well as a passer, but like the accuracy is not that great um, as a passer. There's a lot of like mixed bag things, but they just don't come out as, you know, being NBA level. Uh, another thing is like, there's a lot of times where he is just dribbling the ball at the top of the key or the elbow and just like waiting for someone to cut and not doing anything but dribbling in place. Like he's just waiting for something to happen instead of making it happen himself. Um, that was a big concern for me. Every pass that isn't to someone that's cutting is extremely premeditated. It's I'm going to make this pass regardless of where the defense is. And a lot of the times the defense can just pick it off because they know that about him. Um, the handle is like, good enough to utilize in the open court but it's not at all functional in the half court um there's just so many things that are like you know little flashes that you want to buy but you just can't at this point and i think that's that's pretty much where i'm at with gabe where he's basically just a five a role man uh who can clean stuff up as a, a good you know second chance type guy but there's not a whole lot else there that i i really buy into at an nba level I think I disagree on the handle the most of anything. I don't think it's like good, but I think especially against fives, he is really good at just hitting a move and then getting right to the rim. There is no craft on the drive. Like once it gets started, but he's athletic, he's long. And if he gets a half a step on you, the handle is good enough to just get to the rim and put something up. And I think that's pretty valuable, especially in like, you know, the, the modern NBA where there's a lot of actions run where defenses will just shit the bed and break down, right? Um, I think he can be a cool, like, DHO, Isaiah Hartenstein-type role. Like, obviously, Isaiah Hartenstein is the GOAT of, like, you know, DHO backdoor passing type stuff. But I think if you just run him like that and you can utilize the threat of the handle getting all the way to the rim, uh, you know, if you mess up the ball screen coverage and you know, his okay passing. And I think the delivery will improve with time and, and like having cutters and like back fake cuts and stuff. I don't think it's a plus right now, but I think that there's, there's flashes and, and I think it's all very build of, like it, it's a very coherent offensive vision at the five spot. Now I, I I'll, I'll throw it to Bryce for the shot. I, I don't super buy it, but he's at least confident, you know, he at least uh, he believes in himself. And and because of that, maybe I believe in him too. But I I really like the vision of him as a five man offensively. Uh, I'm, I might rant for a long time here, so apologies to Coop and stuff. But I have a couple things to say. You mentioned the shot. I'll start there. Um, this is where I get to bring in like like a little bit of insider knowledge. Uh, the WSU men's basketball staff this year had installed a system that tracks the arc of your jumper, specifically for Muhammad Gay. Because 
Gay's jumper is super flat. I think that's a big reason why it looks so much better in the mid-range than from deep is because when you're tall and you're closer to the basket and your arc is flatter, it's like it, it's easier to see it kind of go through the hoop, but a lot of his misses are straight back rim or hard front rim because it's too flat. There's not an angle for it to like comfortably hit the rim unless you hit that like perfect spot. Um, just just for everyone to know, uh, my my angle on my jumper is 49, which is like insanely high. Like I have like insanely absurd Trey Murphy-esque arc. Um, because my arc I sh- is uh, 20 degrees, just because, so everybody knows. <laughs> because uh, I'm short and I shoot over tall people, so I got to like get that motherfucker way up there. Um, but so a little bit of insider stuff there. Um, his jumper itself, like I think all the mechanics look good. His feet are super inconsistent. Can't figure out what he wants to do uh, with his feet at all. He's just like, he, when he's on a hard, like when he has his left foot planted and he can bring his right foot in or his right foot around on like a, like a, like a sweep, it looks better. But whenever it's anything different, it looks pretty rough and he's just super uncomfortable. The touch is not particularly good, I would say. Um, I think that's a big issue for him. He has to have like a very specific rhythm to hit most shots. Or it's like just like it feels like, you know, kind of lucky if it goes in. If he doesn't have that specific rhythm. When teams would let him get that rhythm, it looked good. But you mentioned, like both of you guys mentioned, oh, you like his offense as a five. I agree. The issue is when you're talking about him as probably a five offensively as his best position, none of us really think he's really a five defensively as his best position unless he's like a bench, you know, switch guy. It becomes a worry. Um, I'm with you guys in general. Like, I'm definitely closer to Coop on some things. Like, I think he could be a better role man than he got to show this year. Though he is, like, he does not roll. Like, even when he did run pick and roll as the screener, he does not want to roll. He wants to pop, and he wants to ISO. Hopefully that's something you can get out of his game. I think it probably is. Everything I've heard about Mo is that he's a great guy and a hard worker who really gives a shit. Great. I don't factor that into my evaluation at all. Neither should you, because that's not really how this tends to work a lot of times. And and um, I think there's definitely a survivorship bias there in general. Um, hopefully you can get that out of him. You could teach him to roll. But rolling is not as easy as some people think. Like, it's not as simple as just sprint to the rim. You have to have an understanding of angles. You have to have a better understanding of timing and patience. He just doesn't have that. He's not a good screener either. He just wants to kind of set a grow screen or do a handoff and then pop. And if he can shoot it on the pick and pop, he might, not always, but he might. And if his footwork can just be left, right, I think maybe that could be a weapon moving forward. But other than that, he wants to get into an ISO game. I am with Coop, though, a little bit on the handle. It's loose. It's not comfortable in tight spaces. But, it like, he has some moves, like some legit moves. I really love when he has, like, a mid-post ISO and he does the hard, like, like Kevin Durant low sweep and then stutter rip to his left hand, it looks really good. Or he'll counter that by hard sweeping right hand dribble and then spin back to his left. He's a pretty, like he can finish with his left. He's not great at it, but he will go to his left if he has to. And he's really comfortable hunting it on those spin moves. He embarrassed, like, like I watched, obviously I watched every single one of his games like four times, but like I, in the Arizona game specifically, which is the one I went back to kind of refresh my memory and watched for this one, um, I thought that like his ability to just hit one move and go is really impressive. Like 
he is legitimately shifty enough to get bigs off their like onto their heels and kind of off their feet and 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 score on them. And then you hope that he's big enough that if you're guarding him with a wink, he can just shoot over him. The release is high. Do I buy that necessarily? I don't know. And the playmaking is really raw. He, I, I think there's a positive improvement track record there that he went from one of the worst passers in college basketball to a solid passer is a good sign. Like that matters, but at the same time, it's not good. His reads are very limited. He's very scripted. A lot of his turnovers are, this is the read I think is going to come open and then it doesn't come open and he's screwed. Um, So I just, I don't know. I I kind of leave with a big question as to where I rank him. And I'm going to go last here because I'm a loser Stone, what's your overall feeling and ranking with Gay and, and where you would draft him? I have him at 41 on my board, so as like a firmly draftable guy. Um, I just think that there's enough tools there for me to buy in defensively. And um, if he can do what I hope he can do, what you want to take that bet and gamble on defensively uh, with the, you know, it not being a big option offensively basically i just view him as a role man maybe can attack some like straight line closeouts but for the most part is you know near the rim doing glass work uh i think that that's still valuable because of all, all that he might be able to give you defensively and that's just a bet i want to make on somebody like that who isn't super far away from one of those outcomes like i said um potentially formulating so i would have him at 41 the offense is just rough. I don't really buy a whole lot. I also, I didn't mention either, like the touch is inconsistent, like you said. And so I'm really don't feel like there's a whole lot of like post work to his game because uh, everything footwork wise seems like very premeditated. Like he's done it a thousand times in practice and wants to just apply it to the game, regardless of what the defense is giving him. Um, and I think, it really limits, you know, the outcomes of him being an effective, like any sort of post player. So I very much view him as, as just a, a traditional, like rim running five um, offensively speaking. But I think, you know, the versatility he could perhaps give you as a four leads me to that 41 slot on my board. Man, um, am I going to be the highest on Muhammad Gay today? Um, I have him at 29. And my it is my priority seconds tier, but he you know fits in as as a first rounder. You know if you just took my board chalk, um, I just I think the athleticism is really special. I think that he's shown a lot of special already. the The rebounding we didn't talk a ton about, but as the rebounding nerd here, um, I love him. He fights his ass off for every single board that comes up. Um, like I, I know Bryce talked about like the defensive motor isn't crazy, but I think like the rebounding motor, like he sees a ball go up and he is going to fight for it. I think that can be to his own, uh, you know, it, it can be bad sometimes, but he's so athletic. Like he can fight for an offensive board, not get it and then run the entire length of the floor and not like give up an open layup right? Like he has the athleticism to be allowed to, to hunt offensive boards like that. 
He's notably not Oscar Sheboy in that way. Yes, yes. We'll we'll talk about that tomorrow. But uh, I I really I think a lot of his issues are fixable. Um, I think especially once you get outside the top twenty, um, I, I think a guy like Gay who makes a lot of sense to stash in the G League for a little bit, let him uh, dick around and and have a forty usage and and do whatever the hell he wants. And like work on the like the footwork issues and see, oh, can we get that jumper arc up to 44 and like all this different stuff, you know, see if you can get the jumper to come around. If not, he's still a badass role man who can maybe operate some DHO stuff and uh, bring some funk at like worst case as a backup big after a little bit of development. Um, I, I just really buy the tools. I really buy the pr- like the limited production at at WSU, like obviously he had his warts, but uh, he fucked, and uh, I I'm gonna bet on him to fuck at the next level. All right, we're officially killing that phrase. Um, no more of that. I have Gay in in the back end of what I call my second round guarantee tier, which is that's guys I would draft in the second round and give like that guaranteed contract. Um, you know, like whatever the fucking Jalen Brunson contract is, like guys like that. Like that's what I'm talking about in that tier. He's at the back of that tier, right above Jalen Slauson, right below like uh, Colby Jones. So I, I like him. Um, I'm a little worried about, there, there's a chance that he's just like straight up not a guy at all. Like I, I think that's a very real possibility with him uh, that he gets to the next level and it's just like, he's just not there. Um, the athleticism's good, but there's not enough skill and the feel is so far behind that he's nothing um, like a lesser Kai Jones in some ways. But I also think that if he hits, he's really fun. So let's move on to the next guy we're going to talk about. And that is uh, Julian Phillips from Tennessee. Um, Phillips is an interesting case. We're going to talk about two straight guys who went to the same high school and, um, and neither of them were even my favorite player on that high school team. Actually, they both played at Link Academy. Um, but specifically, I am talking, of course, again, about Julian Phillips. Phillips uh, had an up and down season for Tennessee. I think that he um, had some bright spots, but was not really featured in the offense much at all. He got injured uh, early in the season and missed time throughout the year because of that. Um, but I think... There's a lot of positive. And I went back and watched some link for this. Um, he's a November 5th, 2003 birthday. So he's only 19. He will turn 20 about a month into his rookie season. Um, at the combine, he measured 6'6.75. So you could argue 6'8, 6'7.5 with about a 6'11.5 wingspan. So not gigantic, but like wing size. That's that's good wing size. Um, as a freshman, he averaged eight points per game on 41. 23.9, 82.2 shooting splits, grabbed 4.7 boards, 1.4 assists, 0.6 steals, 0.5 blocks, and 1.3 turnovers. Um, he had a 53.6% true shooting, not good, um, especially when you consider that he only had a 19.2% usage. Did have 1.6 steal rate, 2.9 block rate, both solid numbers, not elite numbers. Um, there is some interesting stuff with his BART stats, though. Uh, had a 61.5 free throw rate, that is an eye-popping number. Holy cow. Got to the line a ton. And not like it's not a, a ton of bullshit. Like he had an 8.4 offensive rebound rate. So 
you know, not like an absurd offensive rebound or a good one, but not an absurd one. Uh, 4.5 BPM, very good. You really like to see stuff like that. Um, had 13 dunks on the year. Again, not playing a ton. Shot 58.9% at the rim, which is not great. Only 26.8% on long twos. But the free throw number is good. I mentioned 82.2. There's some stuff here. I want to start defensively. I'm probably going to be the highest, so I'll save myself for last. Stone, how do you feel about Julian Phillips as a defender? Um, I thought it was a pretty, I thought he was a really good defender. I think you're going to view him more as like elite, elite. I think that he's really good at defensively. Um, I thought that, um, he is the off ball part is probably my favorite. I think he's still a good on ball defender, but I really love what he does, uh, rotationally. I feel like he doesn't really miss a beat on that end. Um, I feel like he is really good at tagging the rollers defensively. He can do like peel switches. I think he does all of that stuff really, really well. Um, he can see multiple things at once. Uh, I, I think on the ball, um, like he's just a really solid defender, can stick in front of his guy. To me, he's not like a lockdown type guy. He's not going to, you know, put you, um, in like a cell or anything, but I think that he can hold his own against a variety of guys. Um, Against stronger guys is more my concern, Um, at least currently. uh, Upper body, we'll get to it more offensively. I actually think he's underrated strength-wise with his upper body, um, but his lower body really, really lacks in strength. Um, So I think that's his biggest deficiency probably is just the, the physicality right now of it. Um, that's probably the biggest downside to him currently, but he does have the frame to add on to that a bit. So it's not a huge concern for me long-term. Um, I think that he has pretty decent hands. They're not like elite or anything. Um, like I said, rotationally, he comes across good. And I think in a role man or a low man type role is able to be like this help side rim protector, even at times. Um, I just think there's a lot of versatility in the ways that you could use him as a defender um that is pretty interesting to me and there's a lot less questions than a guy like Mogay um where I think you can confidently say that um at the least Phillips is going to be like a really solid wing defender um again stronger guys I think is going to be a bit tougher for him maybe some burstier guys because I think we always talk about shin angles and stuff for like offense but I think it does come into play um, defensively too, and I think that Phillips is or just has really poor shin angles, um, and I think that comes into play a bit against like burstier guys. But um, overall, I, yeah, I like him. I think off ball he projects really well, and I think on ball he's solid against a, a multitude of different types of players. Yeah, he's long. <clears throat> uh, he uses his length well. Like he he's able to slide. He flips his hips really well. Slides his feet well. Uh, he is a bit too jumpy, uh, like bites at pump fakes a little bit too much. But uh, I, I think generally he's just solid. Like he's not, he doesn't really make mistakes. He's really good at, at sticking on guys uh, on the perimeter, a bunch of different positions, like Stone said. Uh, he does get thrown around a little bit right now because he's skinny, but he's also a baby. So, you know, sometimes they're, they're going to get flung around. Um, but I, I really think like, He's a, he's a great, he's a really, really good on-ball defender. I do just wish he did a bit more off-ball, but he does execute the scheme well. 
Um, he is just in the right spot a lot of the time. He just doesn't, he's often not aggressive enough for my liking, which, you know, I get not for everyone, but uh, he's really good, especially for how young he is. And he's got great measurables, great feel, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I am higher on both of you than Julian Phillips defensively. Um, I think there's an argument for him to be the best wing defender in this class. Um, like all around wing defender. He's probably not the best havoc creator. We're going to talk about that guy in a minute. And he's probably not the best on ball guy. We're also going to talk about that guy in a minute. But he's probably, to me, the best mix of the two, other than maybe Anthony Black. But even Black is, you know, smaller. Uh, and, you know, Ahmed is up there too, but also like Ahmed, I project to have like a super high offensive usage and, and all this stuff. Anyways, I think that, that Phillips is just about like super sound in every aspect on that end of the ball. Um, I You mentioned you, you wish he was more aggressive, Coop. I understand that. But I kind of like that he's never out of place. He is always in the right spot, no matter what. Um, never really gambles, which I like some gambles, don't get me wrong. But I also like think there's something to be said for him being just so sound with, with that mindset of I will do my job no matter what. Like my job is going to get done and, and he just does it. Like I think he has the the upside to get like really strong. So you mentioned that his his strength issues are in his lower body. I think that's absolutely right. Um he definitely uh can struggle with like certain bigger players, but his body type to me looks like someone who can get stronger. He definitely got stronger from his senior season at link to his freshman year at Tennessee. That's a, a positive to me. Um, I think he gets through screens surprisingly well for someone his size. He sits in a stance. He he can guard a lot of different players. Um, I watched a, a game against Missouri where he had certain possessions on like Kobe Brown. He had certain possessions on DeAndre Golston. Both those guys are stronger, more physical wings. And then he had possessions where he looked good on Demoy Hodge, who is like a shifty kind of athletic driving guard. Um, I think he can be super versatile on that end. Um, again, not like an elite playmaker, but he does make really good low man rotations. Um, you know, despite the block rate not being like elite, two point nine is pretty good. Uh, it's as Coop mentioned, higher than Mo Gay, despite being you know five inches shorter than Gay. Uh, and I think that his general you know feel for being in the right spot as the low man is really impressive to me. Not great at getting vertical. Um, he's a good leaper, but he's a load leaper, and that hurts him. Uh, but I do like his rebounding a lot. I think he's a good defensive rebounder. I just think he does everything as perfectly as you could want it on that end. I think there's upside for him to be one of the five to 10 best like wing stoppers in the league. Like I, I, I really think that's like the high end outcome for him is not quite to like the OG Ananobi level, but maybe to like the, the Dylan Brooks level defensively. He's bigger than Brooks, but maybe, you know, a little, uh, a little positionally different, probably, Brooks, you put on point guards a little more, but in that vein, in that realm of like one of the best wing defenders in, in the sport, um, while also being a, a solid factor in help and in rotation, even if not an elite havoc creator. Um, Coop, do you have any other final thoughts on the defense? Am I crazy? And if not, do you want to kind of transition us to just what he does offensively? 
Yeah, I think you're you're fair for like just wanting someone who is so solid and so steady. Uh, I really think that there's something to be said for like just he is the ultimate cog in the machine defender. Uh, there's so few mistakes. There is like there there's like very there's very few issues that are like project to not be fixable. And and I mean the the one thing to me is that there's so many moments where it's like man, why are you not digging at that ball a little harder to make contact. It's like, you are already there. You're already in the right position. It's a lot of just wanting slightly more out of him. I, I think it's just like, he is so content to just execute scheme. And I, I get that. And I think it's really good, like for what it is. But I just, especially out of someone who is, Made like I, I I mean I'll I'll spoil it a little bit. I, the offense sucks ass. Like it is not it is not good. Uh, at least to me, I he has to be really really good at defense to be an NBA player. And uh, I I find myself slightly wanting, but I I think it's really easy to just see him quietly racking up like three contracts, boatloads of money because he's just so solid and NBA teams need guys who don't make mistakes. And that's Julian Phillips. Even if you are sometimes wanting slightly more out of him, uh, the offense, uh, the handle is very, very fake. He's only really a straight line driver. And even then his ball security is like negative. Like if you like set, uh, like it is really bad. He's like getting stripped in the most random ways that I have never seen a human being get stripped before on a drive. Um, he like, it, it just bugs me because he can only straight line attack and there's no craft there really. And they loved it. Like they ran the play where he curls out of like the mid post around and then gets right to the rim so he didn't have to like dribble at all and he would still sometimes get stripped in that tiny amount of movement it is infuriating how like little he can move with the ball without getting stripped um i mean the passing is okay i think he like reads the floor all right but i mean the shot's fine <laughs> the finishing is, is fine everything else is just kind of meh i i don't I mean, he projects to be three and D and that's, that's fine. But I don't think he's like the three and D plus that you really need to be to succeed as a high level role player at the next level. So I went back and watched late to get a better feel for the offense because his, his like rep coming in was as like a good shooter, not like a elite shooter, but a good one. Uh, and I noticed a couple little things. Um, First, it seems like Tennessee, like with a lot of guys, they they tend to do this where they they grant like one or two players like you're our shooter. You are the person who we want to take all these shots. And then the other people on the roster are like, only if you're like stupid open do, do I want you to shoot it. And it feels like there's definitely a lack of confidence there with Phillips hunting his own shot. I don't say the touch is pretty bad, like just in, in general, it's just not good. But he also made like some some light form tweaks that that really hurt him. He brought his elbow in farther. His elbow wasn't a ton out at link, but it was maybe you could say a little out, but they brought it way in. Like 
he's it's like at his chest a lot of times as he's raising the ball it's like a less extreme version of michael kid gilchrist in a frustrating way um i think it's fixable just push the elbow out a little bit um his shot prep looked way better in high school i don't know why like it's just he looked more ready to shoot when he caught it um but I, I think he can shoot. Like, I think he can be a good shooter. I I I buy the shot more than I would have bought, like, OG Ananobi's shot, probably, if we're talking about three indie archetypes. Not as much as, like, a McCall Bridges, because McCall was insane that last year at Villanova as a shooter. But, like, I could see him being a positive shooter in that three and D mold. Um, I'd also point to, offensively, I just like his motor. I, I I think the boards are, are impressive, especially when you consider he's playing the three most times. He's usually playing next to one of Plavchic or J- Jonas Adu and either Kamwa or, you know, one of their other fours um, who I'm blanking on their name. Like he's, he's always playing next to that type of archetype and he still had a good offensive rebound rate. And just like Gay, like he can crash the boards without being out of a play defense. So partially because he's not a big, right? He wasn't the five. So he can crash the boards and then just pick up the guard on the wing instead of having to sprint all the way back to the paint or anything. Um, so I like that. I, the handle's just nothing. He just can't. He is up there with like the worst handlers in this class in terms of no moves, uh, dribbles off his foot, can't handle traffic. He's always looking to do the same thing when he drives, which is drive hard, super hard jump stop and then like do like some weird up and unders near the rim or whatever um but i think he is an all right cutter he's a good like he can catch lobs he like i said he dunked only 13 times this year but i'm pretty sure he caught like five or six lobs uh in the in in either the half court or in transition and if he has some room to load up he can he can get up off the ground so does he project as a quote-unquote positive offensive player no but i think he's a positive offensive player for the caliber of defense he provides at the wing stone where are you at with him offensively i think that he is a i i okay so um i generally try and watch high school tape throughout the summer for guys that i think are probably like first rounders coming in um i I try to watch as much high school tape as i can throughout the summer and usually it's only for about you know 25 to 30 guys um and uh phillips was a guy definitely watched at link um i wanted to get to him for this deep dive in high school more to as like a refresher i just didn't have the time um if i watched every game of every prospect that i wanted to um you know we would have 50 hour days but i don't have that so i think um from what i can recall uh again this was last summer but it felt to me i remember feeling like and i had notes uh in my other notebook from last summer that i looked back on and all right phillips projected to be like a pretty solid shooter to me not a versatile one but like a solid catch and shoot guy and i thought that was something apparently that was worth noting because i I had it in my notebook like twice um and from what i can remember like it, it seemed to stand out to me so I do think that he can be like an effective catch and shoot guy. That said, there's like zero else that I buy at an NBA level, like at all. Um, I Not even to the point where it's like, uh, maybe he can do that in the future. Like I just don't buy anything else. Um, I think that he, uh, the, the biggest thing I mentioned it for defense too, on offense, the shin angles, 
I don't think it can attack straight lane drives because the shin angles are so bad. Um, and the other portions of that are like, not only are those bad, but he generates like zero power from his strides. His strides are super choppy, um, like with really short steps. Um, and with those three things, right, if you have bad shin angles, short choppy steps are generating no power, you can maybe be like, oh, you can fix one of those things. Um, like with Podziemski, I think we talked about, you know, just lengthening the 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 stride length on him to make those steps a little bit longer. And that's something you could focus in. But now when you're doing that with Phillips, with those two other things, right, with um, more power generated, better shin angles, you're now fundamentally changing how he moves on the court. You're not just tweaking something. You're like fundally, fundamentally move, or changing him as a mover. Uh, and I think that's something that's really, really difficult to do. So I don't have a lot of faith in him being like even a straight line attacker. I, I just don't think it's a viable thing at an NBA level for him. Um, the passing, it's just basically like Jet Howard type passing of passing to the next guy on the perimeter. There's not a lot of nothing he's creating. There's nothing that is like connective even type passing. It's just sort of, he can move the ball around, which is fine, I guess, but there's nothing outside of that really that stood out to me as a passer. Um, and I think the finishing versatility when he is cutting, because generally it's not coming when he's on the ball, um, it lacks. Like, I don't think he's very adaptable. Um, a lot of times it feels like he's just getting to the rim and trying to get the ball up, but it, it doesn't really have a plan on how to do that and is not able to react a lot of times to the defense in the ways uh or in the air because he's not in the air for super long um as like a you know driver with the ball so i think that there's just a lot of things that are not viable at an nba level and it leads me to think that he holds a lot of value still as a guy who can be like a really really solid defender um, but he's basically a catch and shoot guy offensively to me. Like I just don't see anything else that is going to be at a high enough level to to convert to the NBA. All right, that just takes us to range, and I'm wondering if I'm going to be the highest on uh, Julian Phillips. And I've kind of gotten to a point where I'm now like, I there was a time where I was like, oh, the mid first of this draft, I'm really not into, but. I'm adding, spoiler alert, but three guys in this pod are going to make this area. And Julian Phillips is one of those guys. I have him at 19 on my board, just ahead of Bilal Koulibaly. I kind of feel like Koulibaly like, and, and Phillips are somewhat similar. And I don't know why Koulibaly is so much ahead of Phillips in consensus. Um, I have them back-to-back with Phillips ahead. And, and I think um, I buy Phillips like as a higher upside defender. It's not necessarily say he's going to get there, but I buy that with him. And and um, I certainly I agree with a lot of your stuff with his offense. And there's a chance he's just a catch and shoot guy. But if he's like a solid catch and shoot guy and one of the best perimeter defenders in the league, that's a I mean, that's someone who should have gone in the lottery in a redraft. Now, I'm not putting him in my lottery because I think there's a chance that he's not quite to that level of defender. And then he's just a valuable rotation piece. But He's still a valuable rotation piece in that. And I just think with his youth, with his defensive upside, with my buying the shot, I, I think there's enough there for me to have him in my mid first. Uh, Coop, where do, you, where do you end up with with Phillips? 
Uh, he's right at uh, at 30 for me. Um, I mean, great defender. I just, the offense is so nothing. And it's, it's really worrying. Uh, he is like a priority second because, like you said, you know, best, you know, top, what, 20 perimeter defender, top 15 perimeter defender in the league, good size, who can just hit catch and shoot shots. Um, you know, in the NBA, that's a viable role. You know, that's a viable thing to do. Uh, if he was an overseas player, he would not be playable because he can't dribble the ball and he can't really pass the ball. But, you know, in the NBA, you can make, you know, a, a boatload of money off of just doing those things. And uh, I don't super buy it. He's not my personal favorite kind of defender. I really don't like super... Um, you know, basic offensive players like this, but it's it's hard to deny that for like certain teams, Julian Phillips is a really easy pick, uh, who will probably hit in the ways that you need him to to like justify being top forty, really. And uh, you know, just like he's a free role player, so so that's worth like a, a you know he's a priority second for that reason. Yeah. Uh, I see the arguments for both, actually. He's someone I was looking forward to talking to because um, I think, uh, for me, I, I needed clarity on how to value that, um, what he brings. And I definitely see the higher end, like where Bryce is, of, even though I don't buy him to that degree defensively, I still think he's a really, really solid defender. And if you can be that and still be like a solid catch-and-shoot guy, like I think that has a lot of value that I wouldn't be mad at taking at the back end of the lottery. I also see Cooper's point where there's just like zero upside offensively. And if there's just not like elite defense, then it's going to be tough for him to stick as like a starter caliber type guy. I think I fall somewhere in the middle. Um, I have him at 25 on my board, just below the other Julian, uh, Julian Strother. Um, I think that he is someone I want to spend a late first on because I think that has value of being that defender and catch and shoot guy. Um, I think there's valid concerns for him not being that because if he is more of the shooter that we saw at Tennessee versus in high school, um, I think it's going to be really hard for him to stick in the league for long term because he just doesn't have something to offer you on offense. Uh, but if he can be at least like a solid catch and shoot guy, shoot it at a pretty efficient clip with decent volume, that's a starter. And that's a valuable starter because not a lot of teams have somebody that can defend like he can uh, as a wing and, and still provide value as a shooter, uh, even if it's not versatile, versatile in the ways that he shoots. So I think um, I, I fall somewhere in the middle, like between you guys. All right. Now we get into the real weirdos that we're talking about today um y'all thought y'all thought phillips and gay were a little funky um this is this is funk city uh and we're talking we're going to start with jordan walsh uh he was a he was a burger boy uh out of high school again played at link academy was probably considered the best prospect at that on that link team um he's a march 3rd 2004 birthday he's going to be the youngest guy we talk about today i believe um 19 years old his Rookie season will be his age 19 season. He won't turn 20 until near the end of it. Had an interesting year in Arkansas. I think was kind of talked about in a similar range to Nick Smith Jr. And 
amp black coming in maybe a little lower uh but in, in a similar range and played only 24 minutes a game but averaged seven uh 7.1 points per game on 43.3 27.8 71.2 shooting splits 3.9 rebounds 0.9 assists 1.1 steal 0.5 blocks one turnover um that is a you know some advanced stats 51.3 percent true shooting that's a big old yikes um 6.7 assist rate, also not great. 12.9, basically 30% turnover rate, really not great. 2.6 steal to, and 2% block, really nice. Only 16.2% usage. At the combine, I think he he probably you would probably say it was a slightly disappointing. Came in at 65.75, which you know, six six and a half to to six seven, not bad. Did have a seven one point seven five wingspan. That's what you like to see. Really great stuff there. Uh dunked 17 times this year. Uh, shot 62.2% on close twos, um, did not at all shoot well uh, from far twos, 33.3. I feel like he was considered somewhat of a mid-ranger assassin in high school. If you go back and you watch his link prep stuff, he took quite a few mid-rangers and Musk kind of got that out of him. They weren't efficient shots in high school. Uh, you know, he, he would take some, but not a ton. And I want to start with the defense again. Um I'm going to start with this weird thing because it's on top of my brain. It's been on top of my brain since I watched Jordan Walsh. He might have the worst hand-eye coordination I've ever seen in my life. And it took me a long time to put together that that's what the issue was. And I'm still not completely confident. There's probably someone smarter than me that would listen to this and be like, you're so stupid. Like, it's obviously this other thing. But he has these impressive steel block rates, right? 2.6, 2.2, .2, sorry. Good numbers. And then you watch him and you're like, those seem almost too low. And I think a lot of it is he just misses balls. He goes, he, he is an uber aggressive off ball defender. He is like, like we mentioned how Phillips is like always in the right place, super safe. Walsh is kind of on the other end of the spectrum where he is uber aggressive. He digs hard. Um, he, he will double randomly. He'll lose track of his man. Sometimes he's going to make mistakes, but it's kind of like that trade-off of the high highs and the low lows. But, like, he just – there are times he, like, he's in the right spot, he goes up for a block, and he just misses it. He's He really likes to bring his arm all the way back, and I think that's some of it. Like, instead of getting vertical straight up and kind of using his length, he's trying to, like, swing his arm into every block and swing his arm into every steal. But he also sometimes just misses the ball. Like for for a reason that I, I I'm pretty sure is weird hand eye coordination, but that almost makes it even more impressive that he still had a two point six and two percent. You know, like like he that like if he would have just like made more contact with the ball, like he could have had like a three point five and a three point you know zero. Like, is that possible? Maybe I'm overthinking things, but I don't know. There's there's a lot of funk there. Let's start with his off ball D. Coop, how do you feel about Walsh as an off-ball defender? Uh, he's a little bit eclectic. Um, I think he's really good at, like, fronting the post and doing some random stuff. Uh, he likes to man-watch off-ball a lot and, like, let very obvious actions just kind of, like, develop around him because he is hyper-focused on his man not getting the ball. Um, I really like the doubles. I think that was a part of uh Mus's just scheme craziness. I really like the timing. Um, I think most of the time it ended up being like, oh, this is a late clock 
double. And then it ended up forcing the other team to like really think on their toes. And it's just the fact that the back line in Arkansas is so bad that like, oh no, we forced them to make a really good, a really tough read. And then the other guy made a really tough read. And then Makai Mitchell got dunked on. Like, what's going on? Uh, but I I really liked it. I, I think it really showed off a lot of his uh what is it called? It, I it's when you're a spec it's 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 like when you're an actor and you can do a whole bunch of different roles. Um there's a word a word for it. And range? Range, yes, really showed off his range. Um I think he just fouls a lot. And I think a lot of that is what you're talking about, the hand-eye coordination. Like, this is pretty easily a steal if your hand can just make contact with the ball where the guy's, like, holding the ball out towards you, but instead you smack him in the arm, and it's like, oh, that's a foul. Um, He's kind of infuriating in that way. He's, like, kind of a half step behind because he is so focused on making, like, crazy rotations and crazy shit happen. But... Uh, I, I think he's he's solid and he's a pain in the ass to be defended by. And and that means something to me because he's going to bug you. He's going to get in your grill. Even if you beat him, he's going to contest from behind. He's going to bother you. Uh, and I don't know how fixable the hand-eye coordination stuff is. Like, I think that's like, maybe you can rep that out, but uh, that's that's really my biggest worry with the with the defense i really like the defense i he has young guy things i agree with the hand coordination hand eye coordination stuff i think it's evident offensively too which we'll get to i think that he's just a really good athlete who has a high motor who can really event create on that side of the ball and i like it a lot um i think that he does he, he's not like over gambly i would say like he's not you know like constantly like jumping passing lanes trying to get stuff i think that um he is making some late reads at times like i think he's late rotationally at times uh like cooper mentioned he's so focused on guys at times where he's missing other things in the court in totality but um I think that he can be like a havoc creator. I think that he has the potential more so to me than Phillips to be like this lockdown guy on the perimeter. Um, I really believe that. I think that he moves well laterally. That like plus nine wingspan you mentioned earlier, I think plays a big part in that. Um, He doesn't have like the quickest hips, but they're not bad either in my opinion. Um, I, I think that a guy that young, just with the tools that he has and without like major flaws and, and the way he utilizes them, like, I, I, I don't know, like that package just really sells me with him as a defender. Um, We can get into like, you know, rotationally, he's a little bit late, um, like I mentioned, but there's a lot of potential for him to be used in a lot of different ways. I feel like uh, I do feel like he could be like this, uh two through four type guy which are always really valuable for any team to have um i feel like he's pretty strong uh both upper and lower body i think that like coming into the nba he's 
a ready-made NBA athlete. Like he already is just filled out and, and ready to go at his age. Um, there's just a lot about it. I like, like, I, I, I think that for, for wall specifically, there's a lot of room to miss the forest for the trees with who, with the potential he has as a defender. And I think that, uh, I'm trying to do my best with him to zoom out a bit and, and keep that in perspective of, yes, he makes mistakes, but he's also like really young. Yes. He has poor hand-eye coordination, but like the tools are so, so there. So I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling a bit, but I, I just buy a lot of the package with Walsh. Yeah. So for me, where I'm at in general is that I think he's a good defender um even potentially a really good defender i'm lower on it than you i get really frustrated with just how often he loses the ball like or or his man like who mentioned like he struggles to do two things at once he's kind of like in one mode or the other and that does worry me and and i don't know that that's something that i trust can be like fixed you know what i mean it's not again it's not horrible it's not this like end of the world thing and he could still be a good defender even with that but i i worry that does limit like the top end outcomes for him um he has some moments as a havoc you know a havoc guy and and i like his nail stuff i don't actually love him as the low man i think he's too non-committal at times or he's overly committal it's kind of that like the opposing ends of the spectrum that are with man and ball watching also show up and just like how committed he is to making a play or not making a play. Um, so again, like those are, those are worries of mine, but not extreme, just there. And I think a lot of where I come down with, with uh, Walsh is that I think he is a potentially elite on ball defender. Um, he's strong. He's long. He has great instincts without being, um, you know, without overdoing those instincts, like without being too I'm blanking on the word I want to say here, but he, he's, he's good at using those instincts without overusing them, if that makes sense. And I think that's a very valuable skill to have. Um, and I do think there is a lot on ball that just, I, I, I think he can be a stopper. Like I, I think he can be that guy. Uh, I, I don't know. Coop, I, I feel like I'm rambling and I completely lost my place in my notes. Um, wrap us up a little bit on his defense, what you think his overall upside is. And then if you want to transition us a little bit to his offense, go ahead. So I think the defense, uh, I think I buy it slightly more than, than Phillips. Um, I think there's more mistakes there and there's more like question marks, but I think he's just more of a pain in the ass to play against like on the ball. Um, I think Phillips, um, he really at the college level relied on his length and just that he was so much bigger and could hang with these guys. Walsh, even if he's getting cooked is still going to bug you and is still going to be a a massive pain in your ass. Um, I thought his verticality was pretty good. Like the rotations themselves weren't great, but I think that he's pretty strong and really good at like bothering without fouling around the rim and recovery. He tends to foul a lot and on digs and stuff. Like I said, he tends to foul a lot, but um, I think the upside is really there for him to just be like, I am going to throw this guy on a star player 
and he is going to be the most annoying person to play against on the entire planet. And that has value. Like, oh, Kawhi is cooking us in, you know, the second quarter of this playoff game. Jordan Walsh, get out there, make his life hell for seven, eight minutes. And uh, then we'll, you know, let let the starters or whoever else come in and, and do whatever. And I think he'll do a really good job of that. He's not going to get posted up by other forwards. He's he, He'll probably get posted up by bigger bigs, but who doesn't? Like, honestly, there's not a single person in the league who's not getting posted up by Embiid other than Al Horford, but he's going to retire in a few years. Um, like, I I really buy him. I really, really buy the defense. I think he's got great instincts. I think he's got a really high floor defensively. And then there's, like, some pretty easily fixable stuff that, like, he's already pretty good at despite having very clear issues. And that's really encouraging for me that despite the issues, the floor is very high. Um, and that, I think I, I talked myself, I, I went on a little trip and came back around there, but I, I really buy the defense. Um, I think he has like potential to be one of the best in the world, especially as a stopper, but, uh, we could hop over to the offense if, uh, if y'all are ready. Yeah. The, the offense, he just moves like a baby giraffe, like that, that just like popped out the womb. He, like he, he looks weird when he runs uh, everything like the touch is weird. He, he has like the flashes of mid range shot creation. And then it's like every like two thirds of them are just like clanks off the side of the backboard. And then the ones that go in are like, wow, this guy is a future star. This is the guy I watched at link who I liked more than Nick Smith and like all this shit. And uh I, I really like his offensive rebounding. I think he really hustles and I think he's a great cutter from the corner. Uh, it's just that he wasn't really respected as a shooter at all. So teams could kind of just overplay that. But when Arkansas's motion E offense really worked and he was able to cut out of the corners, get right to the basket. I think he was really, really good at timing that kind of stuff. Like he has a good feel for off ball movement. It just, uh, it didn't really matter because he couldn't shoot and half of Arkansas's roster couldn't shoot and wasn't respected as a shooter. Uh, he's low key, a good screener. He makes good contact. He uses his butt like a big man. Uh, he screens like he's a five and he moves like with purpose after screening. Uh, I think he, he just, he has good instincts. He just needs to shoot and like stop moving. <laughs> like, like just like, Calm down a little bit and uh, just like it, it's almost like a confidence thing. I don't know. It's it's kind of how I feel like I look whenever I, I play with some people, like new people for the first time. Like, oh, I, I, I like kind of rattled. I'm like dropping the ball a lot. I'm fumbling it a lot. My hand like you feel kind of kind of weird, kind of shaky. And after a little bit, you're fine. And it seemed like as the year went on, he looked a lot better. But uh, I, I that shot's going to need to come around. and He's going to have to steady himself to be you know, an NBA level offensive player. That's a lot of words to say it's really bad, but I, I respect it. Um, no, I, I, that was a great breakdown. Honestly, I don't have a ton to add with the shot. I honestly like don't have any form critiques. I honestly do wonder like, is the hand eye coordination why it's so bad, but also then I'm, I'm kind of wondering, am I, am I huffing my own paint here? Like in the hand eye coordination, but that's how I always am because like, I, I don't have the, the you know uh time or ability to to 
watch someone's like you know literal like and get that type of intel about what they're like and in that way but um i do just like there's nothing that feels particularly broken about the shot and to me that makes me feel like it's harder to fix i think some people see that and it's like oh you know so there's something there but he's never been a good shooter he was awful this year i mean truly a horrendous shooter this year i i I think And, and even though the free throw number wasn't horrendous like you could just see it in game. Like his misses are wild. Air balls, clanks off the backboard, you know, like sailing over the rim by four and a half feet or the arc changes. His footwork is fairly bad on them. I think that's part of the issue, but honestly, it's just, I just think the touch is not good. And, and the, the natural instinct to shoot is just non-existent. Like he never just like catches and shoots and that's never it. And, Neither does someone else we're going to talk about in a little bit who, um, you know, we all love. But I, I do think that worries me. Um, I, I don't buy the handle at all. He he loves this little hard push dribble, like where it's it's like almost like a – it's not a crossover really, but the ball does cross over his body and then he grabs it with the other hand. Um, but that's really his only move. I would not say the burst is particularly good. He's not super explosive at the rim. He can dunk. He's not a bad athlete, but he's not like – I wouldn't say he's like a plus plus NBA athlete. Um, so I'm I'm kind of just like offensively, I prefer Phillips because I buy Phillips shot more. And I think with Walsh, you're kind of really working to find what he can do. And I'm just not really sure it's anything. Stone? Yeah, it's bad. Uh, I think that he, the touch is pretty bad. Um, I don't really view the shot coming around. Um, I don't think it's something that is in his future. Despite him being super young, I think he's definitely more of a uh, cut and finish type guy. Uh, I think that's where he's, if he's going to bring value offensively, that's where it's going to come from. That said, like at link from what I remember, the shooting wasn't this bad. Like, I don't remember it being like completely horrendous to the level it seemed to be this year. Um, so I think that there's maybe some like mid-range equity to him where he can be someone that, you know, hits some of those um those types of shots. Uh probably not pull-ups, but but more spot up type things. Um he can't handle the ball at all. Um it's probably just as bad as uh Julian Phillips um in different ways. I think he that the shin angles aren't quite as bad as Phillips, but they're not good either. Uh, he doesn't explode out of it. Um, I do appreciate that he does try it though. Like he's not hesitant to to experiment with his handle and, and try and utilize it. Like um, there's there's not a lack of confidence with it, which I appreciate. Um, I really like his connective passing, especially along the baseline. Um, that really stood out to me. Like I think he's just when he's cutting or driving. Um, if he if he gets the ball and like rips it off the catch, uh, generally he's athletic enough to do that and go baseline and finish. Um, and if not, if he sees like the help coming, he's really good at passing out of like doubles and in in those help situations across the baseline. I really like that. Um, and I think that's <laughs> that's about it. Uh, the the I'll say too the the finishing I think is is projects to be I I feel like something I could see being an NBA positive with him because 
uh, despite the touch not being that great, uh, we did talk about the wingspan a couple of times where it's absurdly long and I feel like he utilizes it really well uh, to extend as a finisher. Um, he's still young in the way that he tries to force too much at the rim. I feel like um, there's a lot of times where he's like posting up uh, and he's already back down and taken a couple dribbles or something. And then the doubles right there and he tries to just force it up anyways and gets blocked or smothered. Uh, a lot of times it's a foul. I don't think it's going to be a foul as often in the NBA. Um, I think that's something he's going to have to clean up as a finisher. But for the most part, I like the connective passing. I like the arm extension. I think that gives him a baseline of positive attributes as a cutter and, pos- and maybe finisher at the NBA. But there's not a whole else outside of that. And I think that's where he's going to really struggle is can the defense just be – to the level that we talked about potentially and he's basically relegated to you know cutting and finishing as a as an NBA player I don't know so that's what makes it hard to rank him a little bit yeah when it comes to overall value I had a tough time with him and I'm still kind of like I think where I come down and this might make Coop mad I'm going to have him in my second round. I think the top of it, the top of my second round guarantees right below Rockavopoulos, right above Max Lewis. Um, And I think I'm comfortable with that. He is a good bet to be a good wing defender, but I don't buy anything enough offensively. And I personally prefer Phillips' defense enough to have him two tiers above. So that's kind of where I'm at. Coop, where are you at with, with Walsh? I have him in the same tier as Phillips. Uh, priority second um i think he's just better he's more goaded um the high school film is really the big difference i think both of them suck offensively and are really cool defensively um i think phillips is slightly better offensively walsh is slightly better defensively but walsh's like high school film like had me laying on the bed kicking my feet up like oh my gosh he's he's so cute but i like I, I think that gives me just a little bit more hope, even though I, I think ultimately they're kind of the same. They're the same kind of player when you just kind of generally look at them. Um, and uh, I, I just have more hope for Jordan Walsh outlier developing something because his high school film is, is that much better to me, but he is at 27 right below Amari, ba- Amari Bailey and right above Keontae George. Uh, I'm going to be closer to Bryce on this one. Despite me liking the uh, defense quite a bit, I trust Phillips more defensively. I think that's where I come down on. Like, I just, I trust him more, Um, despite Walsh having the higher upside defensively, in my opinion. I just think that um, I'm more confident in, in Phillips being like a, a really solid all-around defender. And I also think just that, I buy Phillips as a catch and shoot guy. And I think that's more valuable than just being a cutter in the NBA, like by a lot. Um, So I have Phillips two tiers ahead as well of Walsh. I have Walsh at 40 on my board, um, just about uh, just above the aforementioned Muhammad Gay. Um, I I think that's where I land on him as a, a solidly draftable player who is probably not in my priority seconds. Um, but I, I would I would firmly take in the second round in like the late 30s, early 40s type range. 
Yeah, all right, let's move on to someone who is going to be a weirdly big dis- disagreement, even though I don't think any of us like are in love with his game. Um, and that's Olivier Maxence Prosper, a.k.a. Omax. Omax is a July 3rd, 2002 birthday. He's 20 years old. He'll turn 21 in about a little less than a month. So before the start of his rookie season, he'll be 21 years old. Came in at the combine, measured 6'6.75, so basically 6'8 or so, 7'1 wingspan. Similar size to someone like a Julian Phillips, maybe a little bigger, a um, little longer, definitely, but that's kind of like a solid size comparison. Um, he actually started his career at Clemson, where he barely played before transferring to Marquette, uh, took a huge leap in minutes from his sophomore year at Marquette to his uh, junior year, which he just completed, averaged 12.5 points per game on 51.2, 33.9. 73.5 shooting splits, uh, grabbed 4.7 rebounds, 0.7 assists, 0.9 steals, 0.1 blocks, 1.4 turnovers, 2.3 personal fouls. I don't know why I read personal fouls. I never do that, but whatever. 61.7% true shooting, really good. Um, played a lot in transition. Marquette played super up-tempo. Um, he had a 12.1% turnover rate to a 3.9, basically a 4% assist rate. Anything 4% or below is what I refer to as an accidental assist rate. You're not throwing passes to be assist. That's just like in the flow of the offense, you throw a pass and that person happens to score. When your assist rate is that low, especially again, playing on this super up-tempo team, immediate red flags. Uh, had a 1.8 steal rate, only a 0.5 block rate, despite playing as the four. Um, so worth noting there, though we'll talk about his weird defensive role. Um he did dunk 38 times on the year, uh, shot 66.8% on close twos, uh, 37.8% on long twos, uh, had a pretty low three-point rate at 6.4 per 100. The place I want to start again is with the defense. And again, I'm going to start here with talking about some weird shit. Um, I think his like his his movement skill stuff is so weird. It's so weird. He is legitimately very fluid um, at his size. Super, he looks long, he plays long, he moves well, he slides his feet well, he has super quick hips. Um, like like absurdly quick hips. His footwork is pretty bad on the perimeter, but there's definitely some bunk there. The issue is he has the worst balance of any player I've scouted in recent memory, maybe ever. He is constantly falling over himself, tripping. He uh I, I specifically noted that. He struggles to, he starts to fall over, exploding out of like a hop step. So like if he like jumps on a closeout, right? He kind of jump stops and then he's trying to explode out of that. He's almost always tripping over himself. It kind of looks like to me, like the back, like the first step foot drags and that's what trips him. So maybe that's fixable, but I don't know. And then he also struggles anytime he's like drop stepping. If he's trying to quickly drop step, especially if he's trying to drop step to his left, he he kind of stumbles a lot and it's also like it's also not always that like strong like like stringent like sometimes he just falls over if he gets contact in a weird spot he just kind of falls over he's always has his arms out to his side like in like kind of like this chicken wing formation and like i think it's to help him stay balanced and it doesn't really work like he's constantly falling over he's tripping over himself but other than that weird balance stuff, there is a lot that I like with his on-ball defense and and also like like on-ball defensive principles on off-ball players. Like he is maybe the best guy in this whole class at chasing shooters around around the perimeter. The work he did on 
uh, Jordan Hawkins was incredible. I thought he really proved himself to be a a great just shooter, like run him off the line defender. Um, his point of attack defense is inconsistent, partially because of the balance. He really struggles with like shifty guards. Um, he is very gambly with his footwork. Um, he's like trying to cut off driving lanes that sometimes open other driving lanes. And uh, also he falls over all the time. Um, and his screen nav isn't great, but it's not horrible. And his recovery defense is okay, but he's not able to get up off the ground quick. We'll talk about the help in a minute. It's worth noting that he played in like this press where he was at the top of it because he's big and mobile enough. He was trusted to be like this up at the top of the press guy covering a lot of ground, moving a ton. There's some funk there. Coop, how'd you feel about Prosper's overall defense? Uh, he's fine. Um, his help instincts are fine. Like you said, I, I think he like he played at the top and, and he caused a lot of havoc, I think, like against weaker ball handlers. I think that really showed against Baylor. Um, like he is just able to get into guys' grills. Uh, the problem is, is that if they have even half a semblance of a handle, he just gets cooked like really bad, especially in semi-transition. But even in just like standstill in the half court, um, he gets cooked a lot and he's not like a vertical enough athlete to be able to play in recovery. Um, and he just doesn't, he just doesn't do a lot of helping. I know that you said like, we, we wait a second, but the, the help defense, he tends to overcommit a lot um like in help and then just like oh my guy's gone or oh the play is completely broken down because I had no idea when to get back to my man and part of that is maybe because of the balance like oh he can't shift his body weight very well because he's off balance committing to the dig or, or to the to the help and he's really bad at help around the rim that's that's a big part of why that 0.5 block percent is so low I think it's also because he's defense or he's rebound hunting like at all times, he is trying to get the rebound on every shot that goes up. And I think it's really good on the offensive end and not as good on the defensive end because he ends up overstaying down. Like there's, there's a big balance between, uh, you know, when to go for blocks and when to stay down for rebounds. And uh, Omax does not toe the line well. He stays down for the rebound every single time. I think part of that could be scheme. I don't really know how much uh, I'm not – I'm not there as an evaluator yet, but I, I, it does worry me how committed he is to the rebound bit when they're like very easily blockable shots that guys are getting up right around him. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with a lot of your stuff and have more concerns even. Um, I, I definitely agree with the balance thing, but I think a lot of what, where that balance thing comes from is he just doesn't seem to have a whole lot of core strength. Like I think that, he really struggles backpedaling. Um, he really struggles decelerating. If he's like defending a drive, um, and a guy gets to the rim and like stops and something, he's falling all the way over. Um, he he is taking a long time to slow down. Uh, I think a lot of people confuse fluidity with athleticism in it's definitely an aspect of athleticism, but like in a traditional sense, I just don't think Omax is a very good athlete. And that might sound weird, but like he is very fluid for his size. He's a very fluid mover, but he's also, he, he lacks in a lot of ways. Uh, we'll get to it offensively too, but like 
he to me is like not a very good leaper um he's a, a really poor decelerator i think all these things affect him defensively where uh I, i'm 100% with coop where he is almost all the time over committing as a help defender like all the time uh and it really is a struggle for him to get back um as a uh as a recovery guy because by the time he's so committed to it but by the time he realizes oh i should get back to my man like the play is gone he's out of the play he's it's dissolved and um that's not good i i think also too uh, you mentioned like with the help the help stuff he has a really long wingspan really fluid athlete but he doesn't utilize those tools in any like a meaningful way as like a help side rim protector he's not in position a lot of the times he's like late rotationally it felt like um he lacks like on both ends real explosion around the rim like it's just he doesn't get off the ground at nearly as much as you would want um or as quick as you would want uh yeah i mean to me like i get that he has a nice frame and can move fluidly with it but there's a lot to me that is lacking defensively to where it's not at this point really utilized properly to be, you know, an effective positive at the next level, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely fair. Um, let's move on to the offense a little bit. I, I, I think that's probably good enough on the defense. Um, it's so weird to discuss offensively. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go back to the defense really quick. Koo mentioned he thought there was some scheme stuff. Um, there is. Again, like I mentioned him being the point of the press, uh, their scheme on defense is sort of to be kind of overcommittal, overaggressive in help, kind of force teams to make hard skip passes, uh, difficult, you know, ball movement stuff. They're really trying to force that stuff. Um, that doesn't excuse some of the stuff he did. Like, I think he is bad at it, but it's worth noting. I also just think, like, for him to be a 6'8 guy who is that overcommittal in help and to have a sub-2 steal rate and a sub-0.6 block rate is really, really worrying. Like, those are bad numbers for what he was doing. I mean, he was the point of the press and got no steals. I, I just, it's, that's scary to me. Um, offensively, I'll start with the shooting. It's fine. I think he can probably hit some open shots. Uh the free throw number is good. I I don't think the touch is particularly good, and his footwork is really inconsistent. But I I think the easiest thing to teach in a jumper is footwork, um, and I think he can get to a point where it's passable there. Uh, so in terms of the outside shot, I buy it enough to where if the defense is really good, he can be a solid three and D player. I think the thing that a lot of people buy with Omax is like this weird handle stuff. Oh, it's so weird. I like struggle to even like break it down because it's just so far. Like it's violent. It's fluid. Like he has these like hard crosses and he gets super deep in and out of moves and hard spin moves and all this stuff. And anytime he gets to the rim, he's doing this hard two hand pump fake that like works. And then he's finishing like he was a really good rim finisher. And I, I swear to God, almost every two point layup I saw him take he preceded it with a with one of these hard up fakes and I just I I I mean he's good at it and and he can get to the rim sometimes but he's not super athletic like the first step isn't good it looks good 
that's what's so like his first step looks good but i don't think it is and like as fluid as he looks he struggles to bend around defenders he's not strong enough to initiate contact to a, a defender's you know chest or hip or stomach or wherever and kind of get around them so he's trying to hit all these fancy moves to just create like a weird lane and it works sometimes but i just i don't know so i'll this to you do you buy anything with his offense much at all not really <laughs> um i i think uh like you're talking about he has some of the best like this isn't a thing and it's gonna sound super nerdy but he has some of the best like shin angle to frame slash height ratio that i've ever seen like for his height the the angles he can get like there's a couple times where he's legitimately got his shins like his knees are bent inward and both his shins are flaring outwards and he's like doing these these like crosses and it's crazy to watch because like i said he is such a fluid athlete but in the traditional sense of athleticism like twitchiness run jump type stuff it's just not there like he can't he has these really cool moments, but I don't think it translates because he just isn't able to explode out of them in a meaningful enough way for them to be advantage creation level at an NBA uh, against NBA guys, in my opinion, like they, they just aren't, he's not explosive enough. And that comes into the finishing too. Like um, I, I flat out don't think he's going to be like a shooter at the next level. I just, the touch is really not there for me. Um, and I think like closeouts really affect him. Uh, I think he could be, you know, this guy that maybe hits like just wide open jumpers at like a 32, 33% type rate. But I don't know if that's meaningful enough to be like an effective part of his game. The other aspect is um, like as a finisher, you mentioned those room numbers. I felt like he did a really good job of extending with his length. Like he's, that's where I felt like the finishing really stood out to me as like it did with Jordan Walsh. But unlike Walsh, he is so he's just not explosive around the room at all for me. Like he loves to do those spin moves. He loves to try and get out of those, but there's no explosion out of it. It's just, it's very hit a move kind of ground bound. And by the time he gets the shot up, like he's already got being double teamed and, and guys are over there. So I just, I don't really, last year for me, like with um, Usman Ajiang, a lot of people had him like first round. A lot of people had him top 20 or lottery. I had him in the 50s. I just, I didn't get it with him. And that that's where I'm at with Omax. Like a, a lot of, I don't want to spoil where I have him yet, but a, a lot of people are, you know, in on him as like a top 40 guy or or higher, even like into the 20s. I just don't get it with him. Like it, sometimes, um, you know, I'm not, I'm confident enough of myself to say that sometimes like, I just don't understand what I'm not seeing. I'm not missing what I'm missing with this guy. And I just don't see what other people are, are getting with Omax. Like he just doesn't scream NBA player to me because of the various issues that I talked about. Um, and that's where I'm at with him. Yeah, I'll, so I'll just throw this back to you. Like, so do you have him in your draft goal range at all? No, I I wouldn't draft him. And I know it sounds crazy to a lot of people, but like for the reasons I stated, I just I do not get it with him. Um, he, I would maybe consider him with a two way. Um, I, he wouldn't be a priority two way for me. I would maybe consider him with one because, um, he's 
just it, it's so rare to find a guy that moves the way he does and as fluid as he does. But there's just so much to me lacking that it's like it's isn't meaningful enough at an NBA level to really make a difference. Um, so I'm that's where I'm at with I have him 76th on my board, uh, which is probably the lowest anybody's ever going to have him. But I just I don't understand what people see and what I'm not seeing with Omex. And that's not necessarily like a dig on anybody that has them higher. Cause I'm sure you guys even have them higher than I do, but um, you know, I, I feel like I'm missing something and I, I'm just not understanding what that is at this point. So uh, I'm just going to rank them accordingly. Yeah, fair. Uh, I have him uh, in my like last draftable tier, which I have since adjusted to be like guys I would, draft and give a two-way i have him right below uh ryan repair and right above hunter tyson um i i i'm i'm i just i think if he hits he's like a fine three and d wing a rotation wing i don't see a ton of upside there um but he can do one specific thing really well which is like chase shooters uh guard those types of players and, and do some stuff at the point of attack i think he can hit some shots uh and then everything else is just sort of ancillary um, but I think that's that's enough to at least take a, a draftable two-way bet on. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. Coop? Uh, so I have him at the very bottom of my uh, of my draftable guys, I guess. Um, but, uh, guys that I would like actually use draft capital on. I have him at 43. Um, I think he's a really good off-ball mover um, offensively. I think he relocates well as a shooter. I think he cuts. I think he fights for offensive rebounds. I think there's value there. I don't really buy the handle. I think he moves all right, but he's just so off balance all the time. Like there's stuff there. And like, once he gets to the rim, it's okay. But um, at least anecdotally, it feels like so much of that really high finishing number is the fact that he's getting assisted. And the fact that Oso Igodaro is just such a good off ball mover and uh, creates so many open lanes for him to exploit. And I, I get that's also exploitable at the NBA level. The defense is so poopy. I don't know. If, if the shot doesn't get to league average, he's he's not an NBA player. Yeah, there's so many questions and, and rough things there. Uh, he's he's 6'8 and kind of moves and has some funk and is a solid cutter, finisher. He's got some stuff there, but uh, just just not somebody I'm super into. I understand where Stone is coming from because there is like almost nothing from a concrete standpoint, but there's there's a few intangible funky things there that I I, I can't ignore. All right, all right, let's move on to the last guy we're going to talk about tonight. That's Andre Jackson Jr. Uh, Andre, of course, played on national champion Connecticut. Uh, was one of the best players on the best team in the country this year. Um, he's a November 13th, 2001 birthday. He's 21. He will turn 22 about a month into his rookie season. So the oldest guy we're going to talk about today, um, is from, he's, he's from, uh, Albany, New York, which, uh, shout out, shout out. Um, he, this season at Connecticut, one of the wildest statistical profiles you'll see 6.7 points per game, 43.2, 28.1, 64.6 shooting splits. Grabbed 6.2 rebounds per game, 4.7 assists, 1.1 steals, 0.5 blocks, almost two turnovers, 2.8 fouls. 
50.9 true shooting. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, sorry, I did not even realize it was that bad. 7.9 offensive rebound rate, 27.26.7 assist percentage, 23.1 turnover rate, 2.2 steal, 1.8 block on 14.5 usage. Um, he dunked 29 times this year, shot 66.7 on close twos. <laughs> 31.8 on long twos, which are basically all floaters. Uh, he took a lot of them, did not make a lot of them. He had a 7.0 block box plus minus, by the way, worth noting. Um, again, the defense is insane. I want to start there. I I struggled to break Jackson down into off ball and on ball and, and, and all that. And so I'm not going to stone. The floor is open to you. Describe Andre Jackson defensively. A god. Um, <laughs> I think that he is absolutely awesome uh, defensively. He is... I, I I feel like he doesn't miss a beat, like, rotationally, um, always in the right spot. And I, I feel like he doesn't really gamble because anytime he's going for a steal, I feel like he's... I don't think there's a, I wish there was a stat to track this, but like steel attempts and, and steel conversions. Like I feel like Andre Jackson has to be like top percentile in that. Um, Cause I feel like most of the time that he's going for a steal, he's coming away with the ball. Um, and I thought that was really impressive. Um, I think that he can be whatever you want him to be defensively. That's like what I really like about him. He could be your point of attack defender. He could be your wing defender. He could be your low man guy where he is rotating and being like a legitimate help side rim protector. Like any of those things, I feel like Andre Jackson can fill that role and fill it really, really well. Um, and that is huge to me. Uh, he's not going to be guarding centers. That's about the only thing I felt like defensively he's, uh, not going to be, which, you know, at 6'5 or 6'6, six, six, that's uh, just what it is. But um, everything else, like his hands are really good, digs at the nail really hard. Um, he, you talk about motor, like this guy ranks probably top of the class or, or just about uh, on the short list of motor guys. Like he, from the minute the game starts to the minute it ends, he is giving his everything um and it really comes across on film like he is he he's just everywhere and and he doesn't run out of energy or stamina uh it's really impressive he's doing whatever you need him to any given night i think that's the sell with him um for nba team defensively is like the coach can not only feel comfortable about having somebody that is really good at their position that night defensively but he can be whatever you need him to be each night defensively. And I feel like that is really big sell for, for any team and coach. Uh, and, and that's, I'm, I'm all in on him as a defender. If you can't tell. Yeah, he does everything. Uh, you know, he's like the king of chase down shot blocking. He'll come out of nowhere. He's super athletic and, and he can just, his, his hand placement is really good as, as a shot blocker. And as a disruptor, um, he just flies around like his combination of athleticism, timing, like hand placement, like hand eye coordination, uh, hustle, like the motor is 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 truly generational 
in my opinion. Like he just every single ball, every single thing that you can hustle for, that you can try to fight for, he is fighting for. It is it, he is battling every single second he is on the floor. And and sometimes, you know, that that doesn't work out and he he runs into foul issues. Uh, I was joking around earlier in the pre-show. He had a, a 6.8 fouls committed per 40 as a freshman at UConn. Uh, he's cleaned that up to 3.9 this season. But, like, he really gives a shit, and you can tell. And he's really good. It's not just, like, empty, like, oh, I'm trying my hardest. Like, Gerald Green, 2018 playoff run defense, like, Oh, I kind of stink, but you can tell I'm really trying. And, and that's what matters at the end of the day. It's like, no, Andre Jackson is trying his hardest and he is getting shit done. And he's helping your team win basketball games on the defensive end. And, and, and he's awesome. No, absolutely. I honestly don't have a ton to add. I think. Um, so I mentioned that my my uh, my my favorite thing in, in wing defenders is ground coverage. I really love guys who can cover ground effectively, do things um with that type of ground coverage and jackson is maybe the best in this class um he's the best recovery defender in this class to me pretty co- i mean okay Wemby caveat obviously um but probably a, him and Ahmed are the two best like recovery defenders in this class like and that's not just like chase down blocks either that's also you know you clip the screen too hard you dive into that passing lane take away the pocket or you block him out and take away the lob whatever you get yourself into hell um, his closeouts are really good. He uh, is excellent at the nail. I, I just love in general his, you mentioned like all stone, you mentioned like all his steel gambles feel smart. And I, I think it's because he can get away with being super gambly and then still recover to his man. Um, he makes mistakes. He does. I'm, I'm not going to pretend he's like perfect. Like he, he is a bit more erratic, <laughs> but I, I, in general, like I think his defense projects as elite, like Uber elite, maybe even he could potentially be the best wing defender in this class, uh, on the ball, off the ball, in terms of just totality of his defensive game. Um, that's definitely in in reach for him, I think. And uh that's not even to say like, you know, he could just develop into a stopper too. Like I, I should have mentioned the size earlier. Um, but I didn't, but he is measured at six, 5.5 at the combine. So six, six and a half, you would say something like that in shoes, uh, six, 9.775 wingspan. So not like absurdly long, but when you combine that with him just being the bounciest motherfucker alive, like I, I think to give a little perspective, like to, to just in general, like what his defense could be, he is probably the third best like overall athlete in this in this class in terms of fluidity ground coverage top speed vertical leaping off one or off two i mean it's the thompson twins and then him i would say uh and maybe he even has an argument over a sore to me uh it's close with those two um and i think you combine that with elite recognition and you're talking about a special defensive prospect um but of course, that's not where the questions are, right? No one's worried about his defense. Um, it's the offense. And you look at the offensive statistical profile. He scored less than seven points per game. Uh, he shot, again, 50.9 true shooting. And while he had a high assist rate, he also had an absurd turnover rate. 
And I'm still questioning where I want to view the offense. Coop, I'll throw this to you. How'd you feel about Jackson's offensive game? Um, so I'm going to have to play evil, the evil part here, because Stone is going to be evilly high on him. But the one thing that I will say before I get into the negative is that as an off-ball mover, I think he's perfected the, oh, you're going to sag off of me. Okay, well, I'm going to get a wide-open layup. He's such a good timer as a cutter, and he's like, especially like next to Sonogo, Caravan, uh, Klingon, like guys who can really actually make passes. Um, he's just constantly like manufacturing angles for other guys to make passes to him when, when he cuts. Um, and now to the negative, um, the shot is non-existent. He will shoot. Um, and, and I like that he does shoot, right? Like if he's wide open and you're going to leave him wide open, even off the dribble, he's confident and he will take the shot. He can't shoot. It's ugly. The process is ugly. I can't break everything down there, but it is a, a bad, bad jumper. Uh, the floater touch, like we talked about, is awful. I think Stone texted us uh, one like a month ago. He was watching Ajax film, and he was like, uh, I think I just watched Andre Jackson miss nine straight floaters in a row. And it's like, yeah, that's uh, that'll happen sometimes when your touch is like that awful. Uh, and my biggest problem is that he makes a lot of the same mistakes every single game and just doesn't change his processes at all uh, as, as like a, a playmaker and, and a ball handler. Like he has more charges of like, oh, I've seen this. I've seen you do this exact same charge 40 times and you're still doing it by the end of the season. It's like you're in March Madness as a junior and you're still committing like a super basic charge where you should have just made a kick out and stopped running. Like, how have you not learned your lesson now? It happens like four or five times a game. It's infuriating. Um, he does sometimes also try to get too cute as a passer and like force stuff that it's like, you could have just thrown like a normal pass. Like he's so good at throwing like, oh, here's this little dump off behind my back. Here's this little cool angle that I manufactured out of nowhere. It's like, just throw the easier pass. He gets a little too cute. Um, that's not to say I don't like him, and I'll throw it to Stone to to spin the, the more positive stuff. Uh, but but somebody has to uh, somebody has to be the negative Nancy here. Uh, you're completely right because I don't know if he can score in the NBA. That really concerns me. Like he just might not score. Um, that's a big issue because he the, the shot's not there. Um, like you like you mentioned, he'll take them. Uh, and I like that, you know, a shooter with with his lack of ability, that cal that low caliber of a shooter generally has a level of hesitancy to put them up. Uh, Jackson does not, which, you know, good for him, but they're just not going to make him. Um, I did text you about that game. That was all in one game, by the way. That wasn't like watching, you know, over the course of two or three games. That was like one game and he missed like, I can't remember what it was, seven, eight, nine floaters in a row. You can't um, say he'll stop shooting, like, just to jump in. Like, he had, despite shooting 28.1% from three, he did have a five three five uh, three-pointers per 100 three-point rate. Like, that's not a like high number by any means, but that's higher than someone you would expect for this guy literally cannot shoot the ball. 
he shot more than you would have expected. Yeah. Uh, and Cooper's absolutely right with the cutting. Like he is, I, I don't even know if he's like, um, not not even necessarily cutting all, all the time. Like I think there's room for that to the volume to even improve, but he is just constantly moving off ball. Like it's not even cutting all the time. It's just filling the space that needs to be filled, um, setting off ball screens, like probably the best off ball screen setter that's not a big in this class. Um, he sets some ridiculously hard, awesome screens. Um, if if you want to get creative with your pick and rolls, like Andre Jackson is the guy to to do it with. Um, he, if he can cut like that, <laughs> I'm at a point where it's like, does it change much with him? Because he can he even finish those those if he's not dunking it? Like I'm kind of scared if he's putting up a layup. Even I don't I don't know if that's even going in off of a cut. Like I don't know how much it matters, but. We're all coming with the positives and why I'm so insanely high on him is I touched on his defense already. Like that's a big portion of it. He can't score. He does literally everything else at like an elite level. Um <laughs> he he is like I mentioned already, setting screens off ball, always moving. He's just tiring out his man the whole game. Um, whether it's him hounding him defensively or on offense, just moving, you know, for the entire game. Um, I don't think the turnover rate is indicative of how high feel he is by any means. Like, I think he's just a really high feel player who is a little audacious in what he tries to accomplish as a passer, but I don't think that's something that is like a huge drawback because I think it's something that can be pulled back from him just rein it back a bit like I think there's he sees the court well enough to see that there's probably better passes to be had and in like a scheme he could probably execute them very very well um he is like one of the most like just like a nifty passer right where it's just like touch passes galore um he could be in like the mid-range he sees a cutter immediately it's just like hot potato boom it's to the cutter and they get a easiest two points of the game um he is very accurate as a passer. He he squeezes passes through windows that he shouldn't. Um, and that's part of the turnover issue where he can make them, but he can also not make them. Um, I think that that's, that's an issue where he's, he sees himself make them at sometimes and he gets overly confident, like, Oh, let's try this again. And it doesn't work. Um, that's somewhat of an issue, but the fact that it's in, within his arsenal and, and passing quiver is interesting to me. Um, he throws some absolute like bullet zippers to cutters at, from the top of the key. Like if he's at the top of the key, sees someone, you know, coming off of a, a schemed cut, um, whether it's to the corner, whether it's um, to the free throw line, to the rim, he can throw it in do like these one-handed zip passes between like four people and get it right to them. Um, those usually make it the bounce passes, I think is where the accuracy aspect comes in a bit more. Um, the handle is not, it's not great, but it's not bad. Um, I think that he, he's really herky jerky with the ball um, in a way that's like maybe Kobe white ish. Um 
like he he's he doesn't have like an explosive handle. He's not got like a ton of moves, but he does like really crit, uh, crisp and quick crosses, uh, where he's able to explode of more simplistic stuff. And I think that for what he does, it's good enough to get him the sort of advantages and, and windows he needs as a passer. Um, really good rebounder, even offensively. Like he just has a nose for the ball, um, uses his butt really well, and then uses his arms very strong to to keep guys out as a rebounding positioner. I like uh transition. I'd even mentioned the transition yet. Like he is whether it's a catalyst of him with the ball, like just being super quick and faster than everybody else, or making just insane hit ahead passes, like he's gonna be a major factor in transition. Uh I just think that like <laughs> he's so elite at basketball everything outside of being a scorer and that's that's where the big dichotomy is can this guy be good at everything without being a scorer and that's that's the question everyone's gonna have and why people are gonna hate me for how high i have him despite him not being able to score at all i think he's a better transition player than he even got to show like he's like the handle looks at its best in transition. What I like about his offensive game is that if there is a driving lane, he will take it. He will explore it. He he won't. I, I like that he doesn't kill his dribble either. Like he, he'll drive into the paint. And if there's help there and there's nothing there, he'll dribble it out or he'll gnash into the basket or whatever. He's not, he's good at that. And he didn't play in like absurdly good spacing. Um, I actually think the spacing he played in was good for him to kind of get a feel for um against like nba caliber comp or not nba caliber comp but like like because nba teams might also have a big who can't shoot playing next to him if he's playing on with on a, on a lot of teams um i just think he's a basketball genius um just straight up and i think he's an ambitious one um this i i i don't believe he comps for a lot of reasons and this comp probably gets thrown around a lot it's hard to not see some draymond green with him offensively um, you know, with supercharged calves, basically, like, what if Draymond Green could like throw down offhand tomahawks from the free throw line? Like, I don't know. Like, that's obviously a high bar. Draymond Green is probably one of like the better passing forwards of all time. But I just see it, like, with Jackson. I just do. Like, I think he just reads the game at such a high level. Um, does he make some dumb passes? Yes. Do every one of his dumb passes have a sound idea behind them? Yes. Like, I like that he's ambitious. I like that his passes don't always work out. Like, that's good, I think. I think you can rein that in. But it's good that he's seeing things, that he's trying things. He was also tasked to be, like, the main passer on this team. Like, Sonogo, like, they were good ball movers. But when it came down to it, like, Jackson was the guy they're like, when the when things aren't working like you have to make hard passes and sometimes that results in one of the craziest assists you'll ever see and sometimes it results in a turnover and that's that's life that's basketball um i'm with you i mean he can't score he probably like he's athletic but he's not like a good enough two foot leaper to be like a roll man i don't think unless it's a short roll but i kind of had this thought we talked about the short roll a lot and i was thinking about this with jaris um or Jerace, I, I always fuck up his name still walker with jairus walker um and i was just like i feel like short rolls aren't like super common in the nba though still like for the most part most teams play drop 
like they happen, but like I I don't like to over-index short roll as being something you're really good at. Anyways, it's a conversation for another day. But like he can short roll pass if Jackson was asked to. Like, but I don't think he'd be like a lob threat. Really, he's just too small. Even with as athletic as he is, he's like he's too small. You know, um, we've even seen guys like even like as good as Zion Williamson is. Like he's not like a great lob threat because at a certain point, like. You're just too small. Like there's too too much ground to cover. NBA athletes are too good. Even if you're an outlier plus NBA athlete, like it's hard to be a six six elite lob threat. Um, he's gonna have to go to the right team. He's one of these players who is like if he gets drafted by the Wizards, well, fuck it, like whatever. But I've also gotten to a point where that's most guys, right? Like so much NBA success is determined by who drafts you, who has a plan, and. If he ends up on, I mean, the Warriors are the obvious team to point to, but if he ends up on, like, the Pacers or I'm blanking on other teams, that's the thing. It is hard. You know, maybe the Celtics would be a great fit for him. Like, if he ends up on a team that could really use his skill set and knows a way to, like, put him in this movement scheme and take advantage of his absurd intelligence, like, he could return really, really, like, championship-level value. And for me, that's worth taking in the mid first. I have him at 19, right below Julian Phillips. Um, I just buy it. I buy his game. I buy everything about him. Um, I'll take that hit if it doesn't work out. But if it does work out, like he could be an all time, uh, an all time steal wherever he goes because of being one of the best basketball athletes in the world and also a basketball genius is a pretty incredible combo. I don't know that that's a combo that we've seen fail. I don't know if it's a combo that we've seen ever. You know, like that player just doesn't really exist. And I know there's questions, and I understand that. I think he's worth a bet in the first round. Coop, where are you at with him? I have to agree with you. Uh, right down to the number where you have him placed, right at 19. Um, he's the first guy outside of my lotto picks, first guy in my first round, Cats tier. Um, just I, there's so much to the passing. I know that I was uh, the Nancy negative, but like he is the ultimate DHO runner and also like an elite screener out of the DHO. There's so like, there's actually a ton of offensive versatility for him as well because of how smart he is, even though he can't score the ball. Uh, there's so much different. Act, there's so many different actions you can run with him um, because of the passing, because of the cutting, because of just the feel for the game and uh, the motor and, and all, all that shit. And, you know, I'd love to see him go to the heat or like the Celtics is like a dream come true, or they're like just a smart team with smart players that can pass. And uh, Jackson on one of those teams, I, I think he'll find his way there eventually, even if his first team is the wizards or his first team is the Houston Rockets. You know, I, I think he finds his way to, a smart team eventually and and he just shows yeah i kick ass and you should have drafted me uh, a lot higher than i actually went flirted with the idea of having him top 10 um i couldn't quite get there i have him at 17 so just marginally above you guys i would completely understand if someone had him in their like I, I don't I couldn't see him as undraftable, but like in their second, I could totally see why someone would have him that low because <laughs> when when is the last time like I, I'm not one for like anecdotal like oh let's look at the past when did this last work? But when it's gets to a point of like 
has this ever worked before? Like a guy that cannot score, but is just so elite at every other aspect of basketball. I I can't think of maybe like Ben Simmons, but it was the last one that came anywhere near close. Obviously there's difference between them as prospects, but it's just really hard to succeed. But at the same time, like Andre Jackson just might be so, so good at everything else that he makes at work. Like he's, he's such a high field guy. He's so elite in other aspects that we've already gone over that maybe he's just good enough to supersede those, um, you know, age and, and how does he score questions um, because he can contribute in every other possible way on a basketball court. So that's where I'm at with him. I have him 17. I think that I'm okay missing on him, uh, which sounds weird because most people probably shouldn't say that. But I think that he is someone that if I miss on him, I miss on him and, and he didn't pan out. But I legitimately saw a pathway and, and had like, in my opinion, fair process and reasoning as to why I had him that high. So people are going to say that he's, uh, people are going to hate me for having him like legitimately 60 spots higher than Omax. Um, that's fine. But I think that he's just an awesome basketball player that I fully buy. And, and full disclosure, like he's the Stone Hansen prototype of basketball player. Like I'm a sucker for these. If you can't shoot in our super high processor, uh, I'm going to buy into you. Um, and I, I tried my best to hedge that and, and looked at this more objectively and put my, you know, um, my weaknesses aside for these sort of players. But I, I think he's just a really good basketball player. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's all great. Uh, what I'll say with Jackson is like a final note here. Um, I, I, I think a big thing in basketball in the modern NBA is just bet on special skills and assume that they can find a way to work. Um, I think we sometimes get too caught and, and I'm not like, this is not like you all do this, but I'm, you know, evolved or whatever. Like I get, I do this too. We sometimes get so caught up in archetypes and has this player type work before and, and what does he do in this and that? And, and how does this team building situation affect him? Like at a certain point, Andre Jackson is absurdly high feel, absurdly athletic. If he had just one of those two things, he's still an NBA prospect. To be both is special. It's special. Like there's a chance we're all too low on him to have him 17 and 19. Like there's a chance he returns top 10. There's a there's a world where he is the fourth most valuable player to come out of this class, I think. Just straight up. I think that's absolutely conceivable. Um, and I, I think it's worth a bet. I, I think it's absurd that I, I feel like I haven't seen him on any top thirties really, or, or anything. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't pay attention to consensus that much, to be honest. Um, I, we, this, this show is basically, and, and then just a couple smart people that I talk to on Twitter, basically the extent of my NBA draft interactions. Like I don't really call me a hater. I don't really listen to a ton of other NBA draft podcasts. I, I read Swish Theory. Shout out to Swish Theory. I read our writers at Upside Swings. Um, but in general, like I kind of exist in this draft echo chamber, but I haven't seen a ton of people super high on Andre. I think we might be the highest. And 
Is his skill set built for upside swings? Yes. He's a ground coverage wing with this absurdly high feel who can't score but makes plays on defense. Like, of course, we all love him. That's the, who we are. But he's special, and special matters, and he fucking wins, too. Like, he was the best player on that team. I don't care. Like, it, Adama Sonogo might have won tournament MVP or whatever. Jordan Hawkins might have shot 40% from three. I don't care. Andre Jackson was the best player on a national title team. And while that's not everything, that's something. And they were not just any national title team. They were they had one of the most dominant tournament runs ever. And in, anyways, I digress. But we like Andre Jackson. What can I say? What can I say? Um, that's that's about all we got. I think we talked about some five five funky forwards. Um, the draft is almost here as we record this. We are eight days away from the draft. Um, as you hear this, it'll probably be about six days away from the draft. Holy shit, that's like scary to think about. Um, we're trying to pump these out really fast. We're 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 grinding tape. We're recording. I'm trying to edit really fast. Uh, if the editing gets sloppier, the closer we get, just know it's because I'm trying to get edits done so I can watch film. Um, next Thursday is going to be the best day of the year, and then Friday might feel even better. Um, but yeah. This is uh this is about all we got for Coop at Ali underscore Coop underscore Coop for Stone Iron Porter underscore Court. I'm at Bryce under fourteen. Give us a like, review, all that fun stuff. Check out the website where the great Zach Padmore just posted his big board. We got a couple other contributors writing some really fun stuff. Um, so check out all that fun stuff. This has been the Upside Swings of a Draft Podcast. We hope we're ceiling. Thank you. We'd once again like to thank the people at GlobalShopSolutions.com. Simplify your manufacturing and schedule a demo today at GlobalShopSolutions.com. Thanks again for sponsoring the podcast. Thanks again for listening. We hope we hit our ceiling. Thank you.